Welcome back to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. Our hope is to help cultivate church leadership, which is fueled and formed by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm Riley Spring, and I'm here with Dave Taylor. We're two pastors in Sovereign Grace Churches Australia, with the hope that we can use this, you know, what we've learned from men greater than us, more faithful than us, uh, to pass on to up, up and coming, emerging leaders, developing leaders, or even some men that have been in the game a long time and needing some encouragement for their adventure of leadership. Yes. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a very vital concept to church life and church leadership life: the idea of serving. Uh, and, you know, it's something that we say um, as pastors that we are servants of the church and something that we call church members to a lot of the time is to serve the local church. But it also requires not just thinking about this is what people need to do, but about the heart of service and how we go about serving is so vital um, as ministers, as pastors, and as how we call our church to do it. And and so, um, Dave, we're here. Let's let's jump into it. What comes to mind when you think about serving? <clears throat> oh what my. do you find easiest? What do you find hardest? Um, <laughs> hardest serving. Yeah, the easiest hardest thing about serving is being serving. selfish. Yeah, no, I, the, the yeah. easiest thing about serving is being served. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love to, yeah, be, I like served. to be served. Yeah, if at all possible. <laughs> well, you know me, Riley. You've heard the story before. Where once upon a time, I took my wife. I had to bless her away for a weekend and I sat there on the first evening and she looked at that glaze over my eyes and she said, oh, what, what are you thinking about? And I said, darling, I'm just thinking that these are my people and I so deserve this. <laughs> you know, it just comes naturally that we think that way and she did exactly what you did. She laughed at me and mocked me through the rest of the entire weekend yeah. actually because it was a stupid thing to say but <laughs> revealed where my heart was at. I think the easiest thing happens to me is to be served. Ronnie, right, I wanted to ask you, you turn the tables a little bit for this episode, um, particularly on the premise of serving. It isn't long since you actually planted a church. And one thing I know about planting a church is it requires a lot of serving to make, bit, yes. to make it work. If I was a skeptic, how would you even help me see that serving is something so important? Because it sounds like, it could be sounding like that that you're getting me to serve because that's how we just get this job done. It's how we get the right, business yeah. done. How would you explain to me that service is something um, biblical and something like an example for us to follow? Yeah. Well, when I, the week, I think the second week before we went out to plant the church, you asked me to speak on just one, you can preach on whatever you want that, <laughs> you know, you've been impacted by, by sovereign grace over the time that you've been here. And as I thought and prayed about it, one of the things that kept on coming back to me was uh, this idea of serving. Uh, but it wasn't what I noticed when I joined Sovereign Grace was that it wasn't just serve the Lord, mm. uh, but there was a gladness that went with it. Uh, and so I preached a sermon to encourage your church as as we left and my church as we went out to plant mm. that um, with what the scriptures say in Psalm 100 verse 2, to we are to serve the Lord with gladness. Yes. Uh, and so if you look at that command there, it, it, it's part of the Psalms, it's part of worship and entering the temple, but it has two parts to it. We are called to serve the Lord. It's, it's a direct command in scripture um, where to do it. You know, Jesus said in Mark 10, whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom mm. for many. Mm, amazing. And so it's undeniable that we're called to serve. It's modeled by Christ. It's commanded by him as well. You know, when he washes the disciples' feet, he tells them to serve. So to anyone that's skeptical, I'll be like, this isn't just me as an organizational leader saying we must get this thing off the ground. It's No, it's, it's a command in Scripture. Yeah. Uh, but when we actually go about serving, one of the one of the things that we'll notice, as as we said, is that the hard thing about serving <laughs> is that serving is hard. Yeah. Um, and even when you're excited and people are excited about joining the church plant and doing things, over time the excitement wears off and the kind yeah. of the thrill of it wears off, and suddenly you fall into the trap of, I must serve, or I have to do this, or I'm on roster, or. Yeah. The duty to serve becomes a bit like a, well, a duty um, rather the, than a delight. Um, but as I noticed in Sovereign Grace and the way I was discipled and modeled by you and the other guys and CJ in the US is mm. that, that the serving that we do isn't just mere serving. We're not just called to fulfill the roster, yeah. church, plant the church. Um, but jobs to get Jobs done. to get yeah. done. Be a servant. I'm not motivated. Uh, but actually, for the joy that was set before him, Christ went to the cross. Uh, that serving is actually has a manner about it. And that's the second half of the verse. Serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, and so the way in which we glorify God in our serving is not just by the mere act of doing it. It's the attitude we bring to it. Yes. And so what I was trying to get done for our churches as we separated was to, for both of our churches, it was actually going to take more serving. Because yeah, your church was true. losing 30 people. My church yep. was starting something fresh. We yep. were both going to have to I still haven't serve. forgiven you for that, by the, the way. The duty was there, but <laughs> I didn't want it to be duty. I mean, the gospel brings delight and joy. And so I wanted us to know that Christian service is glad service. Amen. We don't got to, we get to, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to help people see it's a command, yes, but it's a command which comes with a heart disposition. Um, it ought to have a certain level of get-to-ness about it. Yeah, good. So serving, um, just philosophically and theologically, is serving something that's always come to you naturally to you? Do you, like, live to serve? Or <laughs> I live how, to serve, man. How, you know how, me. <laughs> how has that happened in your life and progressed? Oh, well, I think I've been helped so much by joining this church. I, mean, I grew up in churches which were fantastic in serving. Uh, and very, very committed. So I've always had it really modeled to me, very sacrificially servant-hearted leaders, pastors that would only earn two days a week worth of wages for their whole family, and they were working for the church full-time. And and so I, I saw a, a joyful service. I, I was discipled from a young age with a high level of commitment. I'm really grateful for those guys in that. But I, I think I'd grown over time um, to just maybe see it as you, that's just what you do. But I didn't quite have a theology for it. And it's especially not a theology for the heart of how do you actually get your heart if you're no longer feeling like serving. So if you're really liking the ministry, it's easy. Yeah. But what do you do yeah. when you don't like it? Right. And that's what I saw like a more, a, a more fleshed out version when I joined Sovereign Grace was that because of the realities of the gospel, it changes how we ought to serve and it changes how we go or we look about it. Yes. Um, and if you think about it, like, you know, the, there's no other way than glad service, even though it, it's not always happy and fun. Because if you replace the, the end of that sentence, like serve the Lord with grumbling, 
doesn't work. (laughs) Serve the Lord with discontentment. Serve the Lord with you're on the roster this week. Serve the Lord with because if you don't do it, no one else will. Serve the Lord with, you know, uh, reluctance. It doesn't. It doesn't honor God. It, right. It's just robotic and duty. Um, but the gladness, the gladness and getting to the, the grace part of it, the gladness is you are worthy of all my time. Mm. Lord. You're worthy of my affection. I live for you. Uh, and so I think that that's what changed was seeing that Christian service is, is glad service, joyful service. Mm, that's really good. You know, one of the things that I sometimes wonder at a, at a leadership level <clears throat> is that pastors can sometimes just see themselves as, as professionals. Mm. You know, we have to lead the church, we have to nourish the church, we have to protect the church, we have to equip the church. And yet it would seem that 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 in, in the Bible there's there's also a, a tone factor to all of this. Yeah. And the tone is is one of service. Um, what, what's your thoughts on that? Would you say as you think about the scene in, in Sydney and Australia, that's a natural ilk? Or are you seeing differences? Or just, just speak into that a bit. Yeah, I think it comes down to that phrase of got to versus get to. I think yeah. um, when it's a professional ministry, you've got your job description, your requirements, your reportable to a board or yeah. a, a wardens or whatever your denominational structure is. And you're even a little bit trapped in like, this is how I make my money. This is how yeah. I put my kids through school. This is how I feed the family. Um, and so it can become a, a bit of like, I've got to do this. Uh, but one of the things I noticed and one of the things I was taught by CJ Mahaney at Pastors <laughs> College was you should be pinching yourself as a pastor that mm. you get to do this. Yeah, that's what good. do you mean you're not out there laboring, right. <clears throat> slinging bricks at a construction site? You're driving past those boys to go into an office to read the Bible and pray. Uh, to care for people's souls, to tell someone the gospel this week. You're getting paid to do that. <laughs> he would often laugh like, this is criminal. <laughs> we should not be getting paid. It should be to illegal. These, you know, and so um, just seeing that had an effect on me. Because yeah. I reckon without that, I would at this point of the church plant just being like bitter and jealous and like, ah, oh, just give me, I don't want to serve. I don't want to do this. Who are these people? Like that would be my natural inclination. Mm. But when you go back to, you know, the, the realities of the gospel, do not be conformed, uh, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I think we need a constant renewal of our mind so that we can change our perspective on serving. Yes. Um, and so a changed mind, I think, leads to changed serving. And so a few of the things that have helped me uh, to, to go about this is, first and foremost, to see my serving is I'm not doing my job. I'm serving God. Like ultimately my serving, and I encourage pastors to think like this, you are serving God. Work heartily unto yes. the Lord first and foremost. I'm not trying to build this institution, Southern Grace Church, Parramatta, that goes forward and so I can have my name, which would be burdensome serving. But ultimately I'm serving God. And then another thing that really helps me all the time is when I remember I'm serving the blood-bought children of God. Mm-hmm. That when I think about the, the members in my church, I try and think of them like, Jesus shed drops of his, excuse me, precious divine blood to atone for their sins. Yes. He wanted them to be with him for all eternity. He yes. chose them in eternity past. And so when I'm serving them, I'm serving people that are eternally precious and worthy in God's sight. Uh, and that really helps loosen the strings of my heart and renew my mind to, 
be glad to serve. Because if he was glad to endure the cross for them, then what a privilege it is for me to serve someone that the Lord would see so highly. Yes. Um, and, and that helps me a lot. And, and a, another one that's helped me a lot is just to realize I'm not worthy of serving. Like the, the, mm. the task of serving is actually a task way above my pay grade. I'm a rebel. I'm, mm. I'm a, a hostile a terrorist in God's world. And he has redeemed me from that. But I don't have any qualification for serving him. I shouldn't be allowed to do it. I should, you know, it's it's above my pay grade. Mm. Um, and so realizing that serving is a privilege way too high for me. So it's like we should be chuffed that we're servants. Right, right. We should be <clears throat> cast yeah. into outer darkness. The fact that we're called into the king's throne room and given plates to serve out and, yeah, and drinks amazing. to dispense, like Amen. that is, whoa. Yes, we were rebels of this king. So those a number of those things um, have really helped change my heart and my mind. Yes, yeah, that's good. How have you found? Because obviously you've gone out as a church planter, and I think if, speaking from experience, you go plant a church. It is all systems going. Yeah. And there is energy in the rockets. You're giving this thing everything. How have you found then the importance? Of, could you speak into this? The importance then of also serving your family. To serving your wife, serving your kids. How have you found that dynamic at the same time as church planting? Well, I think that I go in and out of uh, doing this well and doing this poorly. It was probably about six months ago we were having one of our pastoral team care groups and one of the questions you asked us was, how are you going with your serving your wife and your family? And <laughs> I think I asked my wife Maddie and she was like, well, <laughs> not so great. And what I realized was that I was actually, this is a year or so into the church plant, I was giving my family spiritual leftovers. Mm. I was giving them my second best leading. So I was, because I, maybe I'm so invested in how this church goes and maybe there's ego and pride all leaked up in that and selfishness and boasting and everything. I would give my best to the church and the leftovers to my family. And sometimes there wasn't much left over. Uh, and so what I've, been trying to do over the past six months is really turn around and, and see my family as my first and primary calling that I'm called. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm removed from pastoral ministry for whatever reason, they don't need me. They find a better pastor. Great. But I'm always called to be the pastor of my home. Yes. Um, and every man in the, in the church is a pastor of his home. And, and so actually trying to give both barrels to my home first uh, and care for my wife, actually know how her soul is actually know what sins she's struggling with, actually give her good counsel, not just like, I used to just be like, I'll pray for you and I pray with her and move on, but yeah. I wouldn't actually slow down enough to actually yeah. uh, open her. up her heart, yeah. serve yeah. her. Uh, and same with my kids, uh, the same principle. So I'm trying to, by God's grace, and from what I've learned from you guys, to serve my home first. I don't always do it. And then out of that, then serve the church. Yeah. Know, with the power that God supplies yes. and not leave them and be like, well, the Lord will look after my family because I'm giving my time to the church. It's like, no, it's not like that. It's yeah. your qualification. My qualification to serve the church is actually in the home first. And if I right. can't do the home, then I can't do the church. You can't have the church without the home. Yeah, And that helps me go, oh, how's the home flock yeah. going? Hey Amen. it is one of the things that, that way back when I first started to interact with the guys in the, in the United States, under the banner of, um, well, life and church yeah. and leadership, it is one of the things that, that stood out to me, that these brothers 
uh, before I even knew what it was all called, to be honest, it was clear that they were laying their lives down for their church. They loved to serve the church, and that was the disposition. It was a, it, it definitely wasn't identity. It was I'm keeping the seat warm for somebody else. You yeah. know, there was the humility with the leadership, but it was service. And secondarily, the their homes <laughs> were being well served. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen too many in my lives uh, ministry widows or children that feel that their dad and mum were, were lost to ministry rather than feeling like, I think I'm the apple of my, my, my dad's eyes in that mm. sense, um, or particularly for your wife as well, feeling that you're outside of Jesus, you, she's the most precious thing in your life. And that's, I mean, you, that. you guys have modelled to us so well, and so we've been so blessed because I think we've built into our calendar at that level of just... I go out with each one of my kids once a month. Um, I date my wife once mm-hmm. a week, and um, we have regular care groups where we're there together, and we're in life group together, and we're doing life together, and we're yeah. sharing. And wh- one of the other things that's really helped, I think, is we try and always, when whenever there's a guy serving, we try and honor their wife because she's yes. a part of his serving. Absolutely. So we're trying to see that families serve the church, and Definitely. it might look like for a worship leader oh, wow, you, you did so much. You got there so early. Mm-hmm. But his wife was the one that right. got all the kids ready all and served and prayed yep. for him and sent him out and did it joyfully and didn't make him feel guilty. And so we honor her because she served the church too by releasing her husband and actually preparing and helping him for the task. And so uh, people have done that so well for our family. They've honored my wife and my kids for the way that they've served the church in indirect ways, which is lovely as well. That's good. One last question. What What would you say to somebody who's either a leader already or wanting to be a leader, but, but maybe already feels weary in mm. serving, weary in doing good in this sense? And, you know, maybe maybe part of their weariness is the fact that people are actually treating them like a servant, yeah. you know, the very thing they're claiming to be. But they've grown weary in it. How would you encourage them to be motivated to to keep going? Yes. Well, I think it's because we shouldn't be surprised, number one, that we're weary of serving because it's hard. Um, yeah. Jesus regularly had to refuel, remove himself from the crowds and refuel his his devotion with the Lord because he's outputting so much. Even as the son of God, he needed to depart and go into the desolate places and be refueled with the Lord. So we ought not to be surprised or feel like maybe we're not called if we're finding it hard or we're becoming to feel burned out in inverted commas or whatever we're feeling. Uh, my encouragement would be to go back to God, uh, to to confess, oh, I am struggling, Lord. I don't have a, I would even confess a sinful disposition in my serving. Lord, I'm sorry for being a grumbler. I'm sorry for treating that person not as a blood-bought child, but as a cog in the system or as a problem to solve rather than this is one of your precious sheep. Confess the sin. Um, And it is, I think, sinful to serve with a bad attitude. Uh, (laughs) We're called to serve the Lord with gladness. So when if you're feeling that, confess your sins and then go to the cross and and Mm -hmm. know you're forgiven for it. Uh, You don't have to walk around with shame and guilt. Uh, and then rehearse the gospel to yourself. Um, be reminded like what 2 Corinthians 5 says, for the love of Christ controls us because we've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And remind yourself that Christ died for you and that he has now bought you at a price so that you would be a servant of all. 
and remind yourself that this isn't your job description. This is your calling from your savior and your king. And he's called you to the task and he's, you know, giving you your your discharge and your duty. And it's like, I get to serve him. Um, And and you can serve him because he served you first. And so don't try and do it in your own power. I would encourage, you know, 1 Peter 4 talks about to the one who serves, serves with the power that God supplies, that God alone might get the glory. Um, and Amen. I think that's so important that we, we keep coming back to the cross, back to the gospel, and we seek grace because we can't do this without his power. And so that's that would be my, my encouragement. Confess your sin of serving poorly. Go to the cross and seek the motivation and the, the change yeah. of heart. Know that he served you and then seek the power to actually do it. Um, even this morning, I was totally like, I don't want to serve this morning. And I was like, but I believe the gospel is true. That Christ, I'm, Christ was resurrected, so I'm resurrected with him. Therefore, I'm yes. set free from sin. Therefore, I can have power to serve. Turn in the power. Therefore, yep. Lord, I trust that you will help me to serve my family this morning. Amen. And just walk out in faith, trusting he will supply what you need. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Well, Thank you for joining us on Grace and the Adventure of Leadership. We hope that this has encouraged you and helped you in your journey of serving your local church. If you want to learn more about our family of churches, Sovereign Grace Churches Australia, head to sovereigngrace.com and click on the Australia region and get connected with us. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to know uh, your story and see if we can serve you or if you can be a part of joining our um, family of churches. See you next time. This is good. Spring. Thank you. Podcast. Okay. Where's the dog? Yeah. Dogcast.